Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to uh, the latest edition of the Believe in Duke podcast. I am Steve Wiseman, the Duke beat writer for the Raleigh News and Observer, joined by Sheldon Williams. Uh, this is a, a special edition of the podcast. We don't normally do it on, on a Saturday, but uh, because Duke is in the ACC championship game tonight uh, against uh, Virginia, uh, which will be plenty to talk about this matchup, uh, the redemption tour, right? Um, especially Virginia, uh, given what happened last time the teams played. But Sheldon, how are you this morning? Uh, it's been a big week for the Blue Devils, hadn't it? Yes, it has. I mean, it's been uh, what eight straight games of uh, you know, of us playing really well uh, and getting and finding ways to win. And uh, the redemption tour continues as we uh, get ready for Virginia uh, tonight, and we get ready for a championship Saturday. It used to be championship Sunday, but now you know it's a little bit different from back when I played. So it's championship su- Saturday now. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've always you know I remember the old uh, when I first started uh, covering Duke. Gosh, 13 years ago now, but uh, they still played the championship on Sunday afternoon. And, uh, you know, you would uh, you cover you'd go to the game and then just kind of hang around and wait for the, the brackets to come out in a few hours. Right. I mean, I don't know hey, if well, you remember. Yeah, for us, like uh, we'll play the championship game and then we'll rush back to try to, find, you know, do the, um, the selection Sunday as a yeah, team yeah. meal and things like that. But sometimes it would work out where they would press pause, you know, and then by the time we get there, you know, because we didn't have the the technology we had like now where people were looking at on their phones. Like if nobody was texting us, we right. know we know where we fell at. So it was almost like we were still surprised when we got there. And Oh, oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> Even though it was delayed a little bit, right? Yeah. You just right, right. suspended reality a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> that is different. Yeah. No, I remember uh, just quickly. Uh, I remember 2011 Duke won the championship here. Uh, that was Nolan Smith. uh Kyrie was on that team. I didn't play, but uh, they won the championship. They beat Carolina, beat the heck out of Carolina that day. And they just hung around here. I think they just stayed in Greensboro and uh, and watched the show. Because by then, films were out, everything, everybody could follow what was going on. So they had to, they had to stay and watch it here before they went back to Durham. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's not going to happen tonight. Tonight, right. Trip down memory lane for everybody. But uh, tonight, uh, 8.30 uh, on ESPN, Duke's going to play Virginia. Um Big game there, of course. And uh, I want to remind everybody first, before we go further, that uh, the Believe in Duke podcast is sponsored by Bet Online. Bet Online remains the number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC and MMA and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online with live betting options, free contests, live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online. Is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards bet online, the .ag, where the game starts. The Blue Devils got to the championship game, of course, by beating Miami. Um, Second leg of the of the redemption, another leg of the redemption tour, right? It started with Virginia Tech and NC State in the regular season, uh, avenging those losses. We know how much they wanted to avenge this loss to Miami because that's uh, that's really the game that lost. They lost by 22 down there, team meeting the following day, 
that's where things changed. Totally changed for this team. Uh, they felt like they got punked in that game. They said, Derek Lively said that. Mark Mitchell said that. Um, they uh, uh, they were determined it wasn't going to happen again. And they played so much better last night. Um, another great performance. It was just a great basketball game. There's a lot of shot making back and forth. One time we went between timeouts, uh, about a four-minute stretch in between the two timeouts, and both teams scored each time they had the ball during that section. It was just great basketball. Yeah, I mean, for me, I wanted it to be more of a, a punch in the mouth like we did last game against, you know, Pitt. That was for my say because, you know, how the game went down in Miami early in the year. But Miami is a really good basketball team. You know, this is a team that gets out in transition. They don't necessarily go to the rim they go to that three-point line and there's several people that can hit that three in transition and like every time we had a comfortable separation at least i thought it was comfortable they boom another three they hit and they right back in the game within one two or three points i'm like man we can't get any breathing room like it was it was almost like like you said it was back and forth back and forth you know uh, i think uh uh wong was out during that time he was talking about and he was sitting on the scores table with two other players and mm-hmm. they were literally going like a you know <laughs> back and forth um uh going back and forth with uh scoring points and nobody was actually fouling the ball uh fouling fouling each other and nobody was turning the ball over it during that little time period but speaking of turnovers i was so mad uh, about the turnovers uh we had four turnovers in the first five minutes i think we had uh went on a 7 uh run at one point um, which I still don't understand. Maybe you can explain this to me. How do you get hit in the nose or the face or whatever before the shot? They, they shoot the shot, make it, come back and look at it, and then determine it's a flagrant foul. And then we get the, the free throws and then the ball, but yet the shot still counted even yeah. though he hit him before he took the shot. Right. Maybe you can explain that to me. That That's the way that rule is written, that the play continues you um even though the foul occurred before the shot when you use replay they don't take the, they don't take the points off the board they just let it, they let that go and then they use okay but he did hit him so we got to give him the free throws um that's that's the way that rule is it's odd i agree um but yes that that that's it uh at least they they did look at it and obviously jeremy got hit in the face and uh right, right. You know, unlike other replay reviews this year that one <laughs> They got that one right as far as calling the flagrant foul. Not, right, right. Remember flipping it in the throat? Yeah, you know, the throat, yeah. Um, yeah it, uh, he didn't mean to do it. He was celebrating. Well, right, was right, right. The, anyway, this guy, he didn't mean to hit him in the face. He was scoring the basketball. Right, well, right, Well, right. he just still did it. So, um, yeah, that that's the way that rule is. It's it's odd. It is an odd little quirk, but you're right. I'm glad you noticed that. But, yes, that was a it was great shot making during that game. And, of course, Miami lost their, their center, uh, North Chad Amir, early in the game. He, he sprained his ankle really badly, and he's on crutches now. I don't know if he'll play in the NCAA the big, tournament. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's really it really sucks for them because they're a good team. They are a good team. And you mentioned also, like, every time Duke got five, six, seven points ahead, boom, boom, two shots, and it was down to two points or one point. Just to, That just makes for such great theater, great basketball. I talked to the players in the postgame, like, what kind of pressure that adds to a game, right? Because you think you're pulling away. And Duke never – Gave up the lead, but uh, man, they uh, they got tested throughout that game. Another sign of the growth of this team, the maturity. Um, the turnovers early had eight in the first half, 
There was a lot of talk about that at halftime. Shire got on pretty good. Only four in the second half. And then Miami was pressing a lot of the second half, right? So even more impressive uh, to, to get those turnovers down like that for Proctor to be able to handle things. Roach, Whitehead uh, handled the ball a lot during that stretch. Um, I, I just can't I can't stress enough how much this team has grown to that point to be able to get through that. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, with Whitehead, you kind of uh, you know, talked about him a little bit already. Him coming off the bench and having one of his better games in the last you know few games, you know, this guy came in and was ready to play. You know, we, we saw him hit the the outside shot with a three, uh, speaking of the lead. You know, I think it was after his free throws with like maybe two minutes to go in the first half, we never relinquished the lead after, you know, he made those two free throws and then, you know, put us up. Right. But the fact that, you know, him, the way he played, I think we had uh, we had five players in double figures and then lively with eight. You yeah. know, us shooting 55% from two, 50% from three. So another great shooting game for us, you know, uh, just kind of collecting the, uh, you know, putting together a string of games where we're shooting the ball well. Uh, like you said, we have, you know, 12 turnovers. But, you know, the fact that their defense was really good and mm-hmm. they picked up their defense when uh, guys like, especially like Roach, was splitting the double team and it was getting to the basket. So they made an adjustment in the second half and it kind of it kind of made me mad a little bit because German Roach kept going into the trap and picking up the ball and then they were tying the ball up and you know wind, you know going both ways you know going back and forth whatever and I'm like you know with especially with him and uh with Proctor they kept picking the ball up once the the double team came and especially late in the in the second half I'm like mm-hmm. we are taller than them as well we can sit there and bait him into a trap and throw it over. And we finally got that later on in the game, you know, throwing over the, you know, the, the actual press, but you know, shout out to um, Miami, the way that they played. Um, it was like you said, it was a really good game on both parts, but the fact that they played really well and we handled every single punch, they kept punching back at us, you know, shows how much we have grown from, the start of the year, middle of the year, and even now from the, on, on this eight-game stretch that we are playing on right now. Yes, a totally different team. Um, you know, we, we've talked about it as it's occurred every time every our podcast here two times a week. Um, uh, at, during this winning streak, when it got started, we thought, okay, this team's turning the corner a little bit. Now they're fully there. I think they're fully there. I think that, you know, I was talking to other guys in the press room and everything in our press row last night. You kind of kept waiting for, okay, is Duke going to have one of those six or seven minute stretches where they don't score, where they turn the ball over a lot, you know, and it's going to cost them a game and keep waiting for it to happen. And it, it's not happening anymore. I think last night they had maybe, maybe three minutes they didn't score, which is, that's allowable. I mean, that's going to happen to anybody and uh, even a really good offensive team. So I, I think, you know, the turnovers seem to be fixed, you know, I, it seems like that's that, that part of this, team isn't even there anymore it's completely gone and so now you can there's a trustworthiness built up when you see okay i think they can do this and there's a lot of talk again among media members that uh has turned to tonight's game against virginia that duke's really going to play well tonight that that, that they're going to they're going to be able to handle virginia and a lot of people think that especially the the anger that's still there from what happened last time at virginia so um, i don't know how you feel but it feels to me like duke is a is I haven't looked at the line. I think they're going to be favored tonight to win. They should be probably. I think they're 
they're playing better basketball right now than anybody else. Yeah, they they definitely are. I mean, uh, the way they've been playing basketball over the this course of uh, ACC tournament, as well as you know, leading into the ACC tournament, when we you know started the whole revenge tour, I think <laughs> that has happened because of they are one healthy, two they are all finding out that if you trust what's going on and trust each other, then hey we can get a lot farther versus like, oh, it's going to be my time to kind of save the team or my time to actually score a bucket because we haven't scored in, you know, whatever last time that we haven't scored. Mm -hmm. I think that now that we are almost like a veteran team in the sense where we know each other's, you know, patterns and likes and dislikes and now it's starting to come out. I mean, I'm still very impressed by Proctor. You know, Proctor has been playing really well. He coming out and having big shots for us. You know, it's almost like, uh, I don't want to jinx it, but it's almost like he's becoming like the shooter, you know, yeah. for us, you know, so to speak. So it's like, you know, I know um, he was highly uh, talked about, you know, with his shot making ability, you know, coming into Duke and, you know, he kind of got off to a slow start. But, I mean, it was one shot where he had a thing deep in the in – the, corner and he shot it and it just kind of like a flick like almost like a Steph Curry flick and I'm like oh he's really confident in this shot right now like <laughs> yeah like yeah. really confident and he had another one at the top of a kind of a wing um three uh, area and it just like you know just looking at his body looking at his motion looking at how he's like you know talking and pointing and commanding you know on offense he's like you can see that he raised up his level and it's almost like, you know, oh, it's naturally happening. And he really trusts and believes it. And I think a big part of that is when Jeremy Roach went out for that, you know, few games, he took that big step up. Like, oh, yeah, I can do this. I don't have to be, you know, a partner. I can hold down the fort while Jeremy's on the run, on the, uh, on the uh, wing as well. Mm -hmm. And they can uh, take Jeremy out a little bit, give him a rest. He doesn't have to play. 39, 40 minutes a game. Right, uh, right. Uh, and um, I know last night they took out, they gave Tyrese a little bit of a rest and brought in Whitehead at one point. And, uh, that Roach and, and Whitehead were in the backcourt together. The depth this team has, uh, really strong. You mentioned five guys scoring in double figures. And uh, Lively, again, his offensive game continues to develop. I know he only had eight points, but I'm sure you liked some of those moves you saw down down in the post from him, right? I mean, once Omir was out, it was like, okay, this this is open down here. Post to post pass and flip to lively. I mean, they got some got some scoring going there. No, it, it definitely did. I mean, it was one time where it's almost like um they threw the ball to lively, um, almost like a second thought because everybody was kind of covered and lively took the thing without even thinking about it and dribble right hand hook, went in. Yes. Like, oh. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> like okay, um, and then it was another. It was another um, play in the second half where he makes a like a up and under move. It gets swiped, but you can tell he's making a basketball move. It gets swiped, which really helped White. I mean, uh, Lively out because he gathered and then just got the ball, and he's so long. He went on the other side of the rim and and dunked it. Yes, and I'm like, okay, so you know he's getting more and more confident in his moves down there versus just you know I'm just gonna be a catch and dunk kind of guy, or whatever. But uh, he's shown a few things. I mean, we, we didn't talk about it in the first game, but the the corner three he did uh, the mm -hmm. first game. I mean, you know he he's getting more and more confident 
on the uh, the offensive uh, uh, end. And it's kind of great to see because, you know, everybody's been talking about him and how he's been slowly progressing. But now you start seeing it, especially now with our team, you know, clicking right now. Big time. He's putting in a lot of work. He, in the in the post-game locker room, I have to say, you probably appreciate this. He said, you got to get up and lift every morning. He said, that's what you have to, before you eat, you get up and lift every morning. He's like, okay, we're like, okay, man, you got this. He kind of looked around the room like, Maybe some of you guys should do this. Well, we're kind of, you know, we're a different group than you. But anyway, <laughs> he's uh, he's putting the work in, man. He's doing it. He is doing it, and he wants Good. to. Good. He wants to be great, and he's got the skills. He's got the body. He's still lean, right? He does need to lift weights, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he'll be in the next level next year, and he'll be. He's going to do some things. I, 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 let's real quick. I know we're going to talk about this. I'm curious, what kind of team? would like a could develop a player like Derek Lively best. I mean, some people have mentioned like San Antonio might just take him like 18th or 19th in the draft or something like that. He seems like a kind of guy that'll go there and they'll just develop along the way. And two or three years down the road, he's going to be a star. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think San Antonio is probably one of the one organizations that really does a good job, you know, developing players, you know, um, uh, I think uh, Boston does that as well. Um, and then even like Oklahoma City is doing uh, that with the young players, but not necessarily, not necessarily the bigs, but, you know, with the young players, with the guards. But, um, yeah, if they can get a chance to actually, you know, mow him to like a Tyson Chandler type, you know, that could be his ceiling right there where he's not really an offensive threat, but he can still get you eight to ten points a game, ten rebounds, three or four blocks a game, you know, Tyson Chandler did that with the uh, Dallas Mavericks and wind up, you know, helping them win a championship. And he was also defensive player of the year as well. Yep. That's right. I can certainly see Lively being defensive player of the year in the NBA some year. Yep. With all his, his ability to guard one through five. Right. Get right. on the perimeter and stop people. That'll be good. Okay. We got to talk about Virginia. We got to talk about this game because boy, yes. does Duke want to play Virginia. Boy, yes. do they want to play Virginia bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Especially coming off uh and it's funny, uh, it was Miami, Virginia last time, too. Uh, you know, uh, when we uh, went down to Miami, yeah, lost, and we went up to uh, Virginia as well. But now it's funny how it kind of works out where it kind of comes full circle a little bit where, you know, we got Miami first and we played a really tough game against them and we're going to expect the same thing with Virginia. But like I said, you know, me as a fan now, I just wish that, you know, we had that big punch like we did against, against you know, Pitt. And, you know, kind of made a statement like, hey, that was a fluke. That wasn't us, you know, that type thing. Send that message out right there. But I think uh, the way we've been playing defense and the way we've been playing, shooting the ball um, these last few games, it's been really great to see. And I'm hoping that we keep it up because we are a whole, uh, a whole different team when that happens. Yes, the confidence level. This team is so confident right now. And uh, they do have the ability to come out and just – you know, take the lead like that. Um, that would be, I know they want to send a message. They, 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 even though all the officiating stuff that happened, the guys have said, you know, we put ourselves in that position. We shouldn't have got, you know, we could have had a bigger leads where the officials could impact the game at the end. Right. And that's what they want to do tonight. And I did just quickly took a glance at the line. Duke's a two and a half point favorite tonight uh, to win against Virginia on the neutral court. So that's what, you know, the odds makers look at Duke and say, okay, this team's playing really well right now, uh, even though they've lost to him before. So, yeah, this is uh, this is another notch, notch, uh, another skin on the wall Duke wants to put up there um, uh, to get back against Virginia. Uh, they only played them once in the regular season, and uh, we know what happened up there. 
But that was really in that game. Duke had twenty two turnovers, worst turnover performance of the year. Uh, they only they shot forty four point nine percent, which against Virginia they play they're tough to score against. So that's that's pretty good. If they just didn't turn the ball over like they did, you know they can score. And we've seen that they haven't lost since that game. Have not lost since that game. Um, the the basketball gods have delivered what we wanted. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, let me let me ask you this. Uh, yeah. I've been hearing rumors and rumblings. Uh, so we beat Virginia tonight. Tonight, do we get from a, a potential five seed, maybe all the way up to maybe a, a, a last two seed? Like, how far can we go up after we beat Virginia? Yeah, I think four might be the ceiling. I think. Four. Yeah, I mean, I but I've seen this week. You know, I've seen it change from Duke being at six or heck before the winning streak, they were down eight or nine, right? Right. They climbed all the way up. Now I'm seeing them this morning up at a five, and uh, I think there's a chance. There's a chance if Duke's a really impressive win tonight, that the committee might at the last minute flip them, and then they'll stay here in Greensboro, go okay. home obviously, but stay here for the first round in Greensboro, which okay. would really be good for this team because there were so many Duke fans here last night. Uh, it was a great crowd, charged up crowd, and there'll be tonight. It'll be the same way. There'll be a lot of Virginia brought a lot of people last night for their game. It's going to be a great crowd. Um, there was a big "Let's Go Duke" chant. I don't know if you heard it on TV during the second half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shire said he like looked around, like it just warmed his heart. Like, okay, we're <laughs> what 50, 60 miles from Cameron, but it feels like Cameron, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So, to your point, if they can get up to that four line and stay here in Greensboro. That would be huge for the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. We have a lot of Duke blue in the stands, but uh, that that's kind of what's at stake tonight too. That is because Virginia slipped a little bit. They were looking at like they were for sure going to be here in Greensboro to start out, and you know they lost a couple of games down the stretch. They end up tying for the regular season title. Uh, but if Duke can, and, and again going back to what happened with the officials, we talked about it right after. How will the committee view that game if Duke loses tonight? The committee may say, "Well, Virginia's the better team. You know, they beat them. They beat them then, even though it was controversial. They followed it up with a win. But if Duke wins tonight, especially if Duke wins, you know, pretty, pretty handily, kind of yeah. handily. I'm talking ten yeah. points for Virginia, yeah. handily for Virginia. Then the committee may look at it and go, okay, let's look at that other loss. Maybe that shouldn't have been counted as a loss because mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. it shouldn't have. And right, you know, for all all honesty, there, uh, that that again, that's another element that's, that's available tonight that could keep Duke and Greensboro. That's going to be really important." Okay. No, I, I was just looking across the board with uh, the other teams, and if some other teams uh, fall, does that help us out if we win tonight with the with the the seeds? So that's why I was kind of wondering how that would play out, or did other teams do enough to keep that no matter what they do in their own conference tournament? Yeah, like Tennessee had been looked at as a team mm-hmm. that they're close by to, to Greensboro, relatively right. speaking. This would be a spot for them. But they they lost yesterday they lost, yeah. in their tournament, and they have not played well of late. Uh, so um, the the seas are kind of parting. The doors are open for Duke to to do their thing. Everything seems to be coming up Duke right now, which that's what people want to see, right? I'm not mad at. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, listen. That's enough. Uh, this is a this has been a fun special Saturday edition. Uh, ACC championship, ACC tournament championship edition. The uh, the guys are ready to hang a banner. This is the chance to hang a banner and do and mm-hmm. new, new new banner in Cameron, which it's crowded up there, but there's always room for one more. Right, Duke fans will always say that they, they'll find a way. Uh, slide it over, slide over the old ones. Yes, it went up. It's all good. <laughs> Absolutely, 2023. 
Uh, real quick, only twice before has a coach in his first year as a head coach at any level, like Shire, mm-hmm. won the ACC championship. Vic Bubis in 1960 for Duke. He had just come over from NC State to be an assistant for Everett Case. He won the first Duke ACC championship in 1960. Got started. Now Duke has 21 more than any team in the conference. Uh, he got the first one. And the second time it happened was the guys down the road uh, after Dean Smith retired and handed it off to Bill Guthridge. And uh, that was Vince Carter and all that group that he left him behind. They won in 98. They beat Duke in the championship. So history on the line tonight. John can make some more history uh, by being the third guy uh, mm. to win a championship in his first year. So John's done it. John's done a really good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, all the little people are like, oh, what's going on with Duke at the beginning of the year? And now all of a sudden, like, oh, look at Duke. <laughs> yeah, right. Look at this. Yeah. This guy's, yeah I think this yeah. guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he has held this team together quite well. So, all right, everybody, listen, thanks for joining us on this special championship edition of the uh, Believe in Duke podcast sponsored by Bet Online. We will have another edition. Uh, we're going to tape it uh, after the brackets come out. So, I guess it'll come out Monday, Monday at noon, our, our usual. Monday schedule on that one. Um, and then we'll go from there and see where the tournament goes. But may, next time we speak, maybe Duke will earn another banner, another trophy to put in the case and make it 22 championships. All right, Sheldon, you ready for this game tonight? All right, I definitely am. I definitely am. Championship Saturday. So I'm definitely ready for this. <laughs> Here we go. All right, everybody. Thanks. And we'll join you next time. All right. Let's go, Duke. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.